0: My name is
1: Jane Borosky, host of Invisible Tears. This podcast will be about my story and my words, talking about my own personal experiences and self-healing. I do not claim to be a therapist, counselor, or a licensed psychologist.
0: Hello, my name is Amanda Bedard, and I'm the co-host, producer, and editor of Invisible Tears. I'm a Reiki master, certified professional life coach, spiritual coach, wellness coach, and a counseling practitioner. Some of the content you will hear in this podcast may be disturbing to some. Viewer discretion is advised, but it is our hope by putting this information out there that we may help others to heal. We will always be a platform for truth and healing. This is Invisible Tears.
1: Hi, I'm Jane, host of Invisible Tears, and I'm here with Amanda today, and we're doing our um, part two of the uh, Trish Haynes case. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Jane. So we have with us today Chloe, which is a huge advocate for uh, Trish Haynes. We met her at a rally that they they did for Trish Haynes uh, back in September, I believe it was.
0: Yep, September of 2022. Back yeah. up in Concord, New Hampshire. Yeah, up in Concord, yep. and um,
1: so hi, Chloe. Thank you for being with us today.
2: Hi, thank you for having me.
1: So, you when did you start? When did you become such a huge advocate for Trish?
2: So it really started uh, back in the beginning when I first saw the WMUR interview of Ashley Smith, where they were questioning the whereabouts of Trish. Um, At this point, Trish was still considered a missing person. Uh, There had been no evidence found at that point that she had been murdered. Um, When I first watched the interview with Ashley, I could tell right away that she was lying. I mean, the first thing she said was, you know, I don't know why, why everyone's asking me where she is why wouldn't they I mean she was she was living with you of course they're going to ask where she is Mm -hmm. um you know and I've known Ashley for a very long time and just by when I watched that interview I just knew I had a feeling a a gut feeling that Trish was not going to be found alive
0: um and so at that
2: point I I reached out to uh members of Trish's family which I didn't even really know who they were um, I just kind of went to her page and you know I had seen some comments and posts of her family that were that were looking for her uh, and I, I reached out to to one of them being val um her her great aunt and we just started talking and it just kind of went from there and you know the more that I found out, the more that it, it made me want to advocate for them
1: uh, yeah, I can't imagine um I know, I know just me hearing this story just infuriates me. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I'm right. very opinionated about this, this whole case uh, on so many levels. It's just um, it's infuriating. It uh, is,
2: absolutely.
1: So talking about Ashley and Doug, so you knew Ashley? You went to school with Ashley?
2: I did, yes. So I I went to school with um, both Ashley and Trish. However, Trish was in school with me through middle school. So I I believe it was uh, about sixth and seventh grade. Um, I left the the Kearsarge district for a couple of years. Um, And when I came back in high school, I believe Trish was there for at least a year or two. Uh, before she went down to, I believe, Florida. Um, Ashley and I, however, we we were in the same graduating class. Uh, we grew up in a very small town. So I've been in school with her since first grade. Um, so, you know, yes, I, I have known Ashley for um, almost 30 years now.
1: So not to make excuses for Ashley, but what was her home life like? What Did she have a a a good home life? or
2: Oh, no, absolutely not. And, you know, it it was horrendous. And and I have always said that Ashley, I I believe, is a product of her environment. Doug Hmm. was born evil. I mean, Doug had a normal upbringing. He had a normal childhood. um, But he was not normal from day one. And I really think that the two of them was just a a bad meets evil. Um, Ashley's home life was was bad. Uh, Very... Very poor, Um, and and when I say poor, I'm talking, you know, the the school paid for those kids' groceries. The school would send money home Mm -hmm. for the kids during the summer so they could eat. Um, Mm -hmm. The town stepped in at one point and and, uh, took their house down and rebuilt it because there was human feces, animal feces. Um, There was, I want to say, five or six kids in that house, um, Ashley being the only girl All of them were in the same bedroom. Um, They all had, you know, soiled mattresses on the floor. Um, They had, you know, pornography pictures up on the walls with the kids in there. It it was bad. Um, It it was bad. It was she definitely did not have it easy growing up. That's for
0: sure. Oh, that breaks my heart. Oh, wow. I'm
1: kind of speechless because I hadn't, I hadn't read any of that. Yeah, um, yeah
0: so if, if, you
2: look on, um, if you look up Wendy Place, um, that's, that's the name of, of Ashley's mother. And if you look up Brian Ruff, you'll, you'll see articles about, um, about the home conditions. And there's pictures as well of, of the living conditions at that time.
1: I, I'm kind of baffled why these kids weren't removed from the home.
2: So that's that's the the thing that so again, Warner is a very small town and mm-hmm. there there is so many like dark secrets that run deep through that town that people mm. on the outside have no idea about. Wendy Place, her mother, Betty Place, went missing from Warner and has never been found again um, in that same house that Ashley was brought up in. And if you look up Betty Place she's she is a cold case. She was last seen by her husband and her daughter, which is Ashley's mother. Now my whole life growing up, we were always told that, you know again, small town rumors, we were always told that Wendy's mother, being Ashley's grandmother, was murdered by her husband and that um, Ashley's mother, Wendy, as a child, you know, witnessed some of that and never came forward. So Mm -hmm. that whole family has a history of people going missing and nothing being done about it. And to this day, I I could not tell you why, but the amount of calls that have been made on that house, uh, the amount of complaints made against them. One year, Wendy cut the head of a pig off and put it up on the fence facing her neighbor's property. Um, oh my god! and nothing's done. I mean, it's my. nothing is ever done with that family. And I don't know why.
0: Wow. It sounds like a lot of generational trauma. Yeah.
2: It
1: yeah. is. It is. Yeah. Dysfunction. And, yeah. um, no, yeah, and, and I
2: couldn't tell you why.
1: Yeah. Now did Doug grow up in Warner?
2: He did. Yes. Um, they both grew up in Warner. Doug was uh, again, a very normal functioning home. Um, you know his parents are active in in the community. He has siblings who are also active in the community. Um, you know, his family is not a huge fan of me. Um just, you know, given what I've been trying to accomplish over the last few years. Yeah. But with with that said, I I have nothing negative to say about them. They Doug is no reflection off of them as parents. Um he when he, there was something wrong with him from the very beginning.
1: Hmm. So, yeah, that was another question I wanted to ask you about. Now, you have dealt with a lot of repercussions from the families
2: um, in Um, town since you started
1: advocating for for Trish.
2: Yes. Um, You know, it. a lot of harassment um, in the beginning, which... I expected, you know, that that didn't really bother me. Um, Ashley did try and take me to court uh, the summer of, I believe it was 2020. Um, She tried to sue me for defamation of character. Um, She also tried to have a restraining order against me, placed against me. Um, We did go through court and both were dropped. Um, You know, she made some just outrageous claims to the judge, claims that she couldn't Substantiate because of how outrageous they were. I mean, she went to court saying that she had video proof that I was lurking around at her in her home, um, yeah. but that she, you know, and when they asked for that proof, well, she I forgot it. it just
1: right, oh yeah, out, right.
2: outrageous. You know, outrageous things. Um, and she just basically talked over the judge the entire time. Oh, they don't like that. (laughs) No, no. She looked like a fool and the entire thing was thrown out. Um, You know, I haven't had as many repercussions as others. Um, A a couple of years back, we did have two members in the group. Uh, Their cars were set on fire um, the same night. Both of those people were witnesses who had come forward and spoken up against Ashley and spoken to the police. Um, those car fires are still considered active investigations, uh, <laughs> however, we're fully aware of who set those fires. Um, yeah, there's so,
1: witnesses. Yeah. Somebody no, the witnessed two, that.
2: yeah, so so two witnesses um, who ca- witnessed the mistreatment of Trish Haynes with Ashley, they went forward and spoke with detectives That day, both of their cars. Were torched and they were burned to the ground.
0: Wow! Wow! Yep. Holy
2: Within God. forty-five minutes of each other.
0: <laughs> wow! And no charges have been brought against that. Nothing. They're still right. It's, the, it's, it's still, still active. Case. Active. And right.
2: I was interviewed by the um, one of the fire marshals, uh, and they're well aware of who it was. It's it's a matter of. It's a matter of they don't have the evidence to come to get a conviction.
1: If they've got witnesses, then they have enough evidence to come, you know, to press charges. I, I just don't understand New
2: Hampshire. I don't either. It, and That's, it's so that's why I started the page yeah. originally because I don't understand. And, and the more that I the more that I found out from the family and from an, speaking with investigators, you know, c- confirming that. I just uh, they they've made arrests without a body before and they have parts of Trish. Yep. So right. why haven't they made an arrest on this? And I don't know. Right.
1: Well, that was another question I had. The washer and dryer combo that Trish's body was found in.
2: Yep. Yep. Did so that,
1: was there anybody that can positively say that that was in their house?
2: So as far as what they have for evidence connecting the two of them is there are two women who were recently in in that home around the time that Trish had gone missing both of them specifically remember Ashley and Doug having a washer and dryer set that went missing when it was removed from the home they had questioned it because it was a noticeable hole you know that was once in their home when they questioned where it was Ashley had just said, Oh, it broke. Doug scrapped it. And that was the end of it. The washer and dryer set has not ever been shown publicly. They've shown the crates that were removed from the pond. But as far as I know, there have not been, there's been no one to physically go identify that specific washer and dryer. There have just been those two women stating that around that time in May of 2018, the stackable washer and dryer that was located in that house was no longer located there.
1: Wow. So the, the washer and dryer, it, they, they were in crates?
2: So the washer and dryers, when they were found, I do not, they were not in crates. When they were removed, the way that they were removed was with crates, so they they kind of created the the washer and dryer unit and and pulled it out that way. And if you look, um, you can go on on our page, actually on the Trish page, um, or you could find it. I'm sure just on regular Google, and you'll see the totes that I'm referring to that that were removed, or the crates I'm referring to that that were removed
1: oh, from the pond. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> so there have been witnesses.
2: That there have, have physically,
1: multiple. that have, that have seen Doug and Ashley physically and mentally abuse Trish.
2: Absolutely, the multiple. Now have multiple,
1: and they've all agreed to go to court and testify to this.
2: Not only have they agreed, but they've spoken with investigators. The the couple that Doug Smith confessed to told them exactly what happened to Trish, what they did, what they did to her everything that that then matched up with what the investigators already knew that couple went forward two years ago and spoke with detectives they were interviewed for hours told them everything every single detail that doug had told them nothing's been done
1: my god and and they're they're, so so the ag office still continues to say they don't have enough evidence to charge them
2: Oh, no. They they continue to say, this is the the blanket statement we get every time, we are still determining what, if any, criminal charges will be brought forward. It is still an active investigation. As of this time, there is no new information to report. That's the answer we've gotten since
0: 2018.
1: Wow. That's like the other thing I saw online that just blew me away that angered me so much is Ashley walking around with those t-shirts on now can you yeah. can you describe that because I I just I can't even describe it without being so and angry about it
2: yeah yeah so world's uh world's favorite criminal um was was the shirt she had on um the other one was fuck your justice Trish which <laughs> You know, again, mind you, her stance was Trish was my best friend. Why would I ever do anything to hurt her? Well, if Trish is your best friend, then why aren't you doing everything you can to help her? You yeah, know, from exactly. day one, the only person who's been against this investigation, the only person who's been against finding out what happened to Trish is Ashley. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So she made those shirts, bright pink shirts. Um, again, it was her, her mother, uh, her brother, and her brother's wife. And, and they wore them hot pink shirts. Uh, they wore them to the Warner Fall Foliage Festival, which is, you know, again, Warner's a small town. It's uh, just their yearly fair type thing that they have.
1: Yeah.
2: And uh, so they they showed up in them, and it was pretty shocking. Um, you know, it was it was a slap in the face for sure. No, um
1: Yeah. I. I'd you say you so. could
2: tell. Yeah, you could tell that. I mean, everyone, everyone was looking at her. Um, you could tell that she definitely felt a little uncomfortable. Um, y- you know, she was just trying to walk around all big and bad, but she w- wouldn't make eye contact with anyone. Um, yeah, just it, just pretty shocking is really the best thing I can, the best way I can word it.
1: Yeah. I was shocked when I saw it online. And I saw yeah. the pictures Vaunted. of the t-shirts. Yeah, just like yeah. like, yeah, in your face, you know, I, yeah. I did this and I'm getting away with it and yeah. there's nothing you guys can do about it. Just, I, what kind of human being does that?
2: She's As, not a human. No, I've said ex- that since the beginning.
1: I, I just don't understand it. Evil. Th- those two have got so much evil that surround them absolutely full of evil i i just i get so mad when i think about it and then I, it's just you know another slap in the face is um you know law enforcement not not doing anything <laughs> it's like right
2: right I, you know why do you
1: think why do you think they're not doing anything do you have an opinion on that
2: i do so you know I have a, I have a few a few ideas, um, you know, one that has been told to me, um, not from law enforcement that is actively working on the case, but law enforcement who is aware, who are aware of the case, you know, it's been said to me that there is a lack of physical evidence. There was a very long time between Trish's murder and the missing persons report being filed. Due to Ashley's, you know, falsifying messages, pretending to be Trish, messaging the family, telling them that she's okay, she just doesn't want contact with them—all bullshit, of course. But she was able to prolong anyone realizing that Trish was actually missing for quite a few months, and she didn't have a job. Doug didn't have a job, so they had all day and all night for months to get rid of what they had done. Yeah. You know, they recruited people to to lie for them. They asked certain people to come forward and speak with investigators and claim that they had seen Trish in June, even though the autopsy proved she was murdered in May. You know, those people later came forward, recanted, saying they had not seen her in June. So, you know, her lies really really hindered the investigation. So, so that's that's one.
0: We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. And now, back to our episode.
2: Another thing is, I think a lot of people are scared. I think they don't want to come forward and and speak up against Doug and Ashley because they don't want to end up in a washing machine in the bottom of a pond. Um, You know, Doug and Ashley supplied drugs to quite a few people. So that's another thing. They don't want to come forward because then they're going to lose their their drug connection. Um,
1: Does Warner... Warner has a serious drug issue up there?
2: I mean, Warner really a lot of small towns do there there's nothing else to do and, and people do drugs and you know i I went to Kearsarge and it was the same thing it was there's a lot of stuff that goes on out in the woods around there that people just don't know about and you know Ashley and Doug were were big into to drugs and, and methamphetamines and um you know I know that Doug was selling pills at one point and heroin and um you know, so, so you have when you're surrounded with those types of people. I mean, those aren't the types of people necessarily who are going to see something wrong and say something.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, they're not yeah. going to put a stop yeah. to it. Yeah.
2: Um, and, the, and the final the final thing that I've always kind of questioned if, if it, you know, how much it, how much weight it pulls in this case. But, you know, Doug has been a criminal informant for the state of New Hampshire. Doug has ratted on on people that he has done drug transactions with or that he has done criminal activity with in order for them to be charged and him not to be. You know, so that's another thing that I, I have always kind of wondered about. You know, is the state looking at it like, well, oh, we have this guy here who he's ratted on half the state of New Hampshire, so we can't put him away because we need him. Right. Yeah. But, oh. but, you know, other than that, I, I don't know, because you, you hear about all of these murders that are, you know, that people are charged for and and they're solved and then there's no body. There's no physical evidence. Yeah, exactly. Circumstantial evidence. Well, they have the circumstantial evidence and they have what's left of her body and nothing's been done.
1: Yeah. They have so much. I, I mean, I. I. <sighs> if you look at other cases they've convicted on a lot less absolutely and um it's just it's just it's it's as if they just um i almost want to say they just don't care (laughs) Uh, and
2: honestly i've wondered i've wondered if in the very beginning if somebody messed something up if somebody dropped the ball on this case and they don't want to come forward and admit it
1: yeah, and you know that that would not surprise me yeah
2: it wouldn't surprise that would me not
1: either. surprise me one bit but you, you know, know what because go ahead um
2: because the first interview that was conducted involving involving trish and ashley and doug and everything doug smith was taken in to the Warner Police Department for questioning. Doug Smith's uncle was the chief of police of the Warner Police Department at that time.
1: Okay, so conflict my, of interest.
2: Exactly, exactly. So my thought process, my I have always wondered if due to him being interviewed by a family member, Cause this entire case to be thrown and they don't want to come forward and they don't want to say we messed up
0: right yeah i mean that's basic common sense not to go that route in an investigation you know murder investigation
1: or a missing person in any yeah in any, any any
0: investigation you can't have a conflict of interest between the authorities and who you're interviewing absolutely not no now doug and ashley are both in
1: jail is ashley
0: still in jail
2: she is, yes. They yeah. both are
1: currently incarcerated. Yeah. Not for Trish's murder, but for other charges.
2: Right. Yes, for for a slew of other charges. Finally, yeah. I mean.
1: Yeah. You know. I, I I just um, you know, to me this is the perfect time to start uh building a major, major serious case against them for the for the murder of Trish. They're both incarcerated. It's time to um, you know, find justice, get justice people, for Trish. Uh,
2: Yes, and, and people need to come forward. I mean, now if there are people who are afraid of any repercussions from coming forward, now is absolutely, absolutely. the best time to do it. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Yep.
2: You know, yep. and there there are so many people over the years who have come forward with with little things that, that they don't think mean anything and they end up being huge. And that's yeah. what I can't stress enough is that It doesn't matter if you think, oh, it it probably isn't significant. If there's anything in your head, anything that pops into your head, it pops into your head for a reason, and you need to go tell somebody. Exactly. Because this isn't going to get solved, and this this will happen again. And I absolutely guarantee that if Doug and Ashley are let out again, this will happen again. Because they got away with it once, why won't they get away with it again?
1: Yeah, and they know it. They know. (laughs)
2: 100%.
1: I I mean it's almost like they're flaunting it. I've got away I gotten away with it. Um you know, we're we're untouchable, you know. Right
2: world's favorite criminal. Yep. I mean
1: Yeah. <sighs> Frustrating and just uh, this whole thing pisses me off. Absolutely. Um, on so many levels. Yeah. On so many levels. Like, you know, I've I've had to deal with the the AG office. Um you guys are on your third advocate victim yes. advocate yes, What is are. going on with the victim advocates in the, at the AG office I mean my gosh
2: Not much I mean you <laughs> you can't get in touch with anybody there and you know Val finally had had enough and she went directly to the state police and then her victim advocate reached out to her to chastise her and, and tell her how if she has questions she needs to go through her and like Val said, I can't get in touch with you. Exactly. So, no, it, it's a joke. I mean, it's it's absolutely a joke, the entire justice system in New Hampshire.
1: Oh, oh I agree. I agree. Ugh. Trust me, I agree. I agree. I agree with that completely. I just don't understand why they keep going through victim advocates up there. It's like one gets there, and then there's another one, then there's another one.
2: Right.
1: You know. I mean, um Julie Murray, uh, Mora Murray's sister, they're also dealing with the same thing with the advocates. Um they're they're they just don't get back to them. They No, they, and I
2: really think the advocates are are just a buffer for the investigators. I mean the investigators don't don't want to deal with the families really and and I think the advocates are just kind of there to keep the families away I mean I really
1: exactly you know I a couple of months ago I was um on a mission to find um my case files and um I I contacted so many people and then all of a sudden um I was able to contact a victim advocate because I've never had a victim advocate and um this victim advocate was 100 percent It was almost like she advocated for the AG office, the attorney general. It's like the attorney general told her what she can and cannot say to me. And that was it. And that was so frustrating to me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was like, you know what? I'm talking to you. I'm not talking to the AG office. You're supposed to be helping and supporting me. not. You, you know, not, not the
2: attorney even, general's advocate.
1: Exactly. 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 Yep. And I totally feel like, um, I guess that's why I was questioning why so many, why are you going through so many advocates? I mean, this is what, your third one since 2018.
0: Um, yeah.
2: So I, I can say that, um, you know, I'm not entirely sure what happened with the first advocate but i believe it was the second ad- we had one advocate who did pass away. Um,
1: oh, okay.
2: So that that is that was a very um that was a very, you know, tragic situation. She did pass away pretty unexpectedly. Okay. Um however, the the other two, i do not know the i don't know why mm. why we we ended up um you know, i don't know what happened there. Um i do know that when The investigators have changed. Um, You know, when there's become a new lead investigator on the case, we're never told that. Uh, We only have found out by trying to reach out to the detective who we believe is in charge, and then we're told that they're no longer working on that case. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's... um,
1: Do you guys call up there a lot? Do you really, like, bug them and and say, hey, what's going on? Let's... let's, uh...
2: Oh, yeah. And I mean, it's not even us at this point. There's you know, we have over 6000 people on that on the page who Mm -hmm. we have regularly reach out to the attorney general's office, um, as well as the state police uh, troop D, as well as state police major crimes units. Um, You know, I, I want the Trish Haynes name. I want that to be. No, I want it to be a household name. I want when you hear Mora Mori, you know that name. Yeah. I want that mm-hmm. for Trish, Ains. and that's yeah. what I'm you know, trying Trish, to do.
1: That's what we yes. are trying to do is get it out there. I I talk about Trish a lot.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, she didn't come from she didn't come from a lot of money. She had a rough, you know, a little bit of a rough life. And sometimes I wonder, you know, is that why her name's not plastered around as much? You know, is that why? Right. Her case isn't as as prominently out there because she was last known to be with drug addicts. Right. You know, it
0: just yeah. You have to. I just don't feel
2: that that nearly enough has been done. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Well, honestly, um, you know, there's quite a few unsolved cases in New Hampshire that are very solvable. a lot of people know who a lot of these people are that have murdered these people and New Hampshire doesn't seem to really want to do anything about it. It's, yep. it's like they want, they've, they're always saying it's an active case and we need more, you know, we need more evidence and, you know, we're still looking into things. It's like, what do you need? I right. mean, especially with Trisha's case, because what else could you possibly need has. to convict? Yeah. I mean, there's just, I don't know. So um, you run Trish's page, which is, um, you want to talk a little bit about that? It's on Facebook.
2: Yeah, yeah, Justice for Trishine. So we started that, um, I started that in uh, 2018. I had been, again, you know, going back to the more that I found out, the more I wanted other people to know about it. And her family, you know, they're, the family that she has, they're older. They're not as, you know, computer savvy. They yeah. they had no idea how, how to get that out there. So we started talking about doing, you know, some type of rally. So our first page was just a, uh, like, a Facebook event page, and it was the Justice for Trish Haynes rally. So we started that, and we got a pretty big response to it. Not only that, but we started having people come forward with with information because for a long time, you know, the family was aware that church was deceased, but we were not allowed to come forward with that. We were not allowed to make public that she was deceased. So for a year after she was deceased, she was still labeled as a missing person. So I still feel that for that first year, I think people didn't take it as seriously. I don't think they truly Mm -hmm. believed that she was murdered. Once we were allowed to come forward, and and not really allowed, once we decided we were going to come forward Mm -hmm. and, and announce that she was, in fact, deceased, we did so. And the amount of people who came forward on Facebook and reached out to us with, you know, okay, now that I know she's dead, I think I know something. I think I saw something.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. And, and so we just kind of decided that it was important where that we could have a page or, you know, a spot, one centralized location where people could go to. And, you know, because not everyone, especially if you're you're, you're dealing with someone who doesn't necessarily follow the law, not everyone wants to, to go to the police station and say yeah. what they know. Right but they do feel comfortable sending it to you on Facebook. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and, and after that, you know, the page started with just me and, and Valerie, and then it just went from there. And we've had um, Investigation Discovery reach out to us th- that way. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had you know multiple podcasts, uh, Steve Wilco's show all have reached out to us through that page.
1: Yeah, that's, that's amazing. I, I mean, I I saw Trisha's case on the news, and um, that's when I went on Facebook and and found the page.
2: Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, WMUR has done. Um, uh, Amy, I believe it's Amy Cavino has um, has really done well keeping keeping in touch with the family, um, reaching out to us right around September, which is the anniversary of of when we announced that she was in fact deceased um, and, you know, making sure that she covers Trisha's story every year and keeping it, keeping it on television and yeah. keeping it, you know, right in the, the forefront. And so that's been huge and really greatly appreciated.
1: Yeah. yeah I mean, wonderful. that's how I, I heard about it. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, she's doing a great job. Um, she is. That's when, that's how I heard about the the rally and me and uh, Amanda and our daughters, we all went to the rally and uh, it was, it was interesting at the rally, um, you know, people would take the flyer. We were handing out flyers and there was this one lady that took the flyer and she was walking away reading it. And then she like spun right back around and she's like, why aren't these people in jail? why what is going on here who do i talk to and um we sent we sent her right over to you and valerie to talk to and she really wanted a lot more information i don't know if she had something to do with the the capital there or if she worked in the the government office there or whatever but um Yeah, she was extremely interested. And that's what it takes. It takes that one person, Yep. you know, that one person to say, hey, you know, we need to really look into this and, you know, why isn't this solved? Why isn't this, you know, moving forward? So I think you guys doing the rallies every year is a wonderful idea. And I will keep showing up, keep showing up, keep showing up and uh, absolutely support it because um, I think it's a great idea. It's it's one way of getting information out. You know, a lot of people never heard of it, exactly. heard of Trisha's case. And, and uh, yep. the more we keep um, Trisha's case out there and and people know that it's unsolved. This case is unsolved. That is so super important for people to know.
0: Yep, 100%.
2: Because so many people truly believe that Ashley has and Doug are in jail for this. I mean, you know, yeah. when I... I go and I try to, you know, periodically, I'll take the link to the Facebook page and just spam it out on, you know, all of the local, you know, crime pages, New England crime pages. Um, I'll go to WMUR, put the link on different murders, you know, different articles on different crimes. And it always baffles me how many times I've gotten a response from someone saying they've already been arrested for that. Yeah. No, they have not. Right. No, they have not. Nobody no. has been arrested for it.
0: Yeah.
1: No, they are in jail, but they are in jail for totally different reasons. Absolutely. Uh, they yes. are not in jail for the murder of Trish Haynes. And that's no. what they need. Uh, they need to be charged. They need to be charged and convicted and um, be in jail for the rest of their lives. Because Nobody's safe. I mean, he's Absolutely getting out. Fine. He's he's up for parole and getting out. I believe in twenty twenty five.
2: So he was actually set to get out in um, this year in twenty twenty three. Oh really? He is set to be released in October of this year.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, wow!
2: Which is horrifying.
1: That is, that horrifying. is horrifying. And she's still. And she's got a ton of charges to face. So
2: she does him as well, though. You know, and if you. If you really go back and you look at his criminal record, I mean, it, it's, it's disturbing. I mean, you know, he's not just, you know, arrested for drugs or arrested for, you know, theft or, I mean, it's, it's sex crimes, it's violent crimes, it's gun related crimes. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, he's, he has been a sexual predator since he was a child, um, Wow. And he, if he is out, if she is out, the, nobody who comes in contact with them is safe because they just have no empathy.
1: No. No. No remorse. None no. None of that. I mean,
2: they're, th- no. And I have said that I think the best place for ashley to be honest is a mental institution i don't even think that i think if she were to be in prison i think that she would harm those around her i truly believe that the only place for her is to be in a mental institution where she is monitored 24 hours a day
1: yeah you would think that they would do some kind of um evaluation i was just gonna
0: say evaluation yeah
2: so last I knew, she was pending a psych evaluation mm-hmm. in in the um, in the jail. Um, she had petitioned, I guess, for bond. She was held with without bond. Um, she was also being held pending a psychological evaluation. I don't know if that was done. I don't know results on that. I just know that that was something on the table.
1: Yeah. Well, hopefully they'll. Hopefully they'll, uh, they'll keep her once they see that she's, um, a danger to society.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Hopefully. Yeah. Well, Chloe, um, do you have anything else to add? Yeah.
0: I was going to say, do you have anything else that you want to make sure and, and get out there? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I think really my, the biggest thing is, you know, there, there are quite a few people out there, um, you know and I won't just for legal reasons I won't I won't put their names out there uh, but th- there are quite a few people who there are people who witnessed Doug put that washer and dryer in the pond and that person needs to come forward and I know that that person is very scared to come forward and I know that that person feels that he is going to be charged in some way and he's not and, and we need that person to come forward. Um, there are a few other people again whose names i will leave out for now um Mm -hmm. who were who were in that house and who saw trish's body and they need to come forward and again they're concerned that with all of the time that has passed that they will be charged at this point that is so little of a concern they need they need to come forward right and they need to realize that their arrests will not be made until these people start to talk. And the people they're protecting, Doug and Ashley, they don't give a shit about them. They'll, they'll, they'll put you in the washer and dryer and right. put you under the pond.
0: Exactly. You know, you're
2: protecting someone who who would murder you in a heartbeat and wouldn't think twice about it. So stop protecting them. I know it's eating you alive. And do the right thing so that that's what i
1: have to say yeah exactly yeah. i mean all they have to i mean if, if they know something come forward and and explain that you know they know that doug and ashley are extremely dangerous people and they were terrified to come forward with this information and and right. they're you know that they won't be charged They they're not going to be an accessory to the crime um, if they explain that, you know, they were threatened uh, and they were terrified and, um, you know, they they do need to come forward. I mean, let, let's find some justice for Trish Absolutely, uh, Absolutely. Just, and, and make, you know, and again, let's stress that Doug and Ashley are two very dangerous people. And if they're released from jail, that's that's not a good thing.
2: Exactly. No, Not a good thing. No, no. And, and I've said if they're released, then then whoever's next, the blood of them will be on the judge's hand that, that released them.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's almost yeah, like now is the time to make sure that if you know something, make sure that you come forward and say something, even though you're scared, they're in jail. Yeah. So now is the time. Exactly. Exactly. And not only will you protect yourself, you'll protect future people that they come into contact with. Like, just. I hope your conscious lets you.
1: Yeah, I do too. Well, this will not be my last podcast about Trish Haynes.
0: Oh, absolutely not. Um,
1: We will be talking about this a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, if this if. I'm, I'm going to assume that you guys will be doing another rally in September. Oh, of course,
0: absolutely. And uh, we will
1: definitely be there. Yep. Um, and uh, I want to thank you very much, Chloe. Um, absolutely. I think you you have been an amazing uh, advocate for Trish and her family, thank you. and um, you and her her great aunt Valerie. Um, it's because you guys her story is still out there and that people are you know, more and more people are learning about uh Trish Haynes and and the terrible thing that happened to her and her terrible murder and and um you know, that's because of you guys and we're gonna keep we're gonna keep talking about it too. Uh I talk about the rally a lot. Um, I did a few interviews and and I I talk about Trish Haynes and her unsolved case, so Let's,
2: thank you,
1: that's, that's what we need. Yep, yeah, and we're going to keep doing it. And, um, you know, the, this is unsolved. It's, I can't stress that enough. These, there's so many of these cases, and this is an unsolved case, and it needs to be solved. It needs, uh, Trish needs justice. So, well, thank you very much, Chloe, and um, we will keep in touch.
2: Okay. <laughs>
0: thank you, Chloe. Thank you. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Invisible Tears. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to hear all future episodes. Click into our link tree too in the episode description to find and follow us on all our social medias. And it also links to our website, invisible-tears.com, where you can keep current on any events that may be coming up, read more about Jane and the team, and read more about all the Connecticut River Valley unsolved cases. If you are looking for everyday items, clothes, collectibles, or a gift for that special someone, you can support us further by checking out our retail store, The Frugal Marketplace. We can be found at thefrugalmarketplace.com or search for us on eBay and Poshmark. We hold an online claim sale on Facebook Live every Monday night at 7 p.m. where you can find our latest items for sales or items at a deep discount. The links for our products can be found in our show notes. If you want to learn more about my wellness practice, Guided Path Wellness, head to guidedpathwellness.org. There you can read more about me and my certifications, more about the Reiki and coaching services I offer both in-person and remote, and read all about my products for sale that I make through the practice. Feel free to utilize the Contact Us section on the website with any questions, or utilize that free 15-minute consultation booking button if you have any questions about what might work for you. Evil may exist in this world, but we will not let it win. See you next episode.